Hello, and welcome to PlayStation Unchained. Uh, I am your host, Neil Bolt, once again, here to talk about PlayStation-based news and other shenanigans and filming bobs. I am joined, as ever, of course, by Mr. Ben Shillabill Hall. Luckily, touch wood, I am here. He might... And not that time, just normal yeah. wood, please. Yes. <laughs> like balsa. Yeah. Yes, that's fine. Um, yes, yeah, so you may snap in and out of existence, depending yeah. on what's happening. That's cool. Um, we are also, of course, joined by the wonderful, the ever-lovely Mr. Gary Bagdazarov. Hi. Hi. I thought I'd give you a nice intro, uh, oh, as, as, instead of ragging on you this time. Oh, yeah. just, just really me... <laughs> Don't be a bag of stories now. Come on. Come on. Also joining us, of course, is Mr. Tim. What's new, Pussycat? Nice, nice, nice. I've, I'm pretty I've been sure. Waiting. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I haven't used that one yet, so I, I thought I'd go with that. That's nice. I like that. Good. I'll, I'll hopefully have another one next week. Who <laughs> <laughs> knows? Maybe uh, next week we'll have our divisor factor. Damn mm-hmm. it! Divisor <laughs> factor. He's Chris Divisive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that wouldn't be a bad name. <laughs> he certainly is. Certainly is. God bless him. Yes, we are not joined by Mr. Divisive or Mr. Ketchup this week. No, it is just us coaches. Yeah, he's, he's too busy with his pastry training. <laughs> Which you'll fail because you'll put ketchup in everything. Ketchup pastries, yeah. <laughs> Saucy rolls. Uh, that- Saucy <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, they are they are definitely a thing. So, <laughs> but, yeah. I'm thinking of the name for his pastry shop. Oh, Saucy Buns. Yeah, Saucy yeah, Buns. Yeah. Why, that's the name of his pastry shop that he wants to make? I don't know, but it is now. <laughs> and he's not here, so he can't say no. So. Yeah, we, we, I would uh, totally visit the shop. <laughs> it's not in Vegas, Gary. I promise you. <laughs> sure, just take it away from me. That's fine. <laughs> you can't always live the dream. I'm sorry, you have to live in the real world only occasionally. But I mean, well, <laughs> in a place the real where we've world? Made... I'm confused. Well, apparently, it's, it's the one where we've made a pastry shop called Saucy Buns. So. <laughs> A ketchup pastry shop at that. So yeah. right, copyright that shit because people will take it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's on record. We've got it here. So yes, yeah, so we've got audio. Yeah, yeah. Are we yeah, copyrighted? On this, the twenty seventh of May, twenty eighteen, uh, approximately half past eight in the evening, UK time. Um, we did indeed come up with the idea of a Saucy ketchup buns. pastry called Salesy Bun. I mean, that would work if you were just, like, doing a, a breakfast place, wouldn't it? And you wanted to make, like, bacon bats or ketchup. Yeah. Like, yeah. Saucy bats. <laughs> um, before we carry on turning into Carry On, um, we should probably talk about PlayStation things. That, that, that's always a good thing, isn't it? Um, we've got a lot of games played stuff, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, it was talk of 
Sony thinking about, I mean, this is as tenuous as you get with these things, but uh, John Cadero has only mentioned that they looked into the idea of doing what Nintendo have done and having miniature versions of consoles sort of preloaded with games from the past. And uh, yeah, and the PlayStation 1 would sound like the best idea. Uh, for that one, and we took to the Twitter sphere to to find out what people would think. <laughs> what game they would? Yeah, I know, not a good idea always. <laughs> but, uh, the the Twitter sphere. <laughs> the <Wonderful>. Twitter sphere. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, yeah, we just asked, but what game would you most want to see? What game? I might add that. By the way, I asked a question, which of course is interpreted as I'm going to name every game I ever owned. And put that down as my answer. That's usually the way of it. No one picked who you go the troll, but from me. Hey, um, I, I picked one game. I think. Did you? Oh, I got a lot of comments, and I only see Gary's, which was in response to our very own uh, Twitter. No, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I've bought three things now. <laughs> uh, well, I said, you know, if our recent discussions are anything to go by, then whatever isn't Chronocross, it will be fine. And. Uh, <laughs> Hmm. I think I so, yeah. responded with, I'll probably buy it for Final Fantasy VII because I can't own enough copies. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, Gary said uh, Wild Arm, Xenogears, and Metal Gear Solid, obviously. Um, I mean, Ben, before that, not many people really went for Final Fantasy for ages. And I was like, uh, really? All, all these games, no one's going, oh, I love Final Fantasy. Is it? Okay. I mean, yeah, uh, that's because uh, people can just buy the PS4 version right now. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> you can find it anywhere. Yeah, I, I have like five copies of it, but I'll still buy it for another one. This is me with Sonic the Hedgehog. The minute, <laughs> the minute that comes out on Switch on its own, which is not far off, then that'll be another of the many, many times I've bought that game. So, um, yeah, so um, yeah, we had all sorts. Xenogears was popular. We had a few for that one. Silent Hill got a nod here and there. Soul Reaver, obviously. Um, yeah, Tekken 3 Croc uh, got mentioned and it wasn't our very own Adam Byrne that said it so clearly there's two madmen in the universe yeah but that or it was his like, uh, separate Twitter account just to make it look like it was someone else yeah, I, you know what yeah could be, <laughs> could be. Yeah. come just, on guys nobody does that nobody, nobody would purposely make accounts to you know, push their agenda in any way, shape, no, or no one would ever do that. Or harass reviewers like Gary. Nobody would do that. Please start no. my guest book. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> um, yeah, then there was calls for, you know, like to Destruction Derby, uh, Gran Turismo. Oh, man, Destruction you... Derby was great. Oh, was yeah, but have you played it? Have you played it since? Oh, no, it's... Well, yeah, it's an old game. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, these are all going to be old games, but that in particular, age. No, see, I, I never really played that game for the racing parts. I only played it for the oval smash everybody's car until you're dead. Oh, yeah. that That's the only reason to play that game. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking of another game I want as well. I think I thought, I've just thought of two, I think. Yeah. I, I, I think one was called Speed Freaks. Oh, the kart racing one, yeah. yeah. With the, like, yeah, the chibi was... baby-looking thing. 
that I can remember. The chibi baby. The chibi baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, it had that like, massive head, didn't it? Yes, it did. I, I don't disagree. There. But yeah, that was uh, actually not bad, to be honest. I have to say. There was, and then uh, there was this. It, I can't remember if the other game was PS1 or PS2, but there was this racing game that was on wheels, like Wipeout, but it had wheels. Oh, okay. Roll cage, I think that was where you could yeah. like drive on the ceiling and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what it was. Uh, yeah, that was good. I think that came out on. Um, that was one of the PS One classics on PS Three, if I remember rightly. But, uh, oh wow! I think it'll be very hard for them to pick some games because there's a yeah. lot of fantastic games. Yeah. I mean, if you, I suppose what I should have said is if you could pick one game to define the basis, because this is what you, if you're going to have a collection of games on a PS1 Classic, you want them to be the ones that are you know, synonymous with that. You don't, you don't go and put like a mini SNES out and then just have, you know, no Mario or... or, or yeah, oh my God, well, thank God that mini SNES came with R-Type only. <laughs> 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 I, mean, I mean, we saw how like pissed people were when they saw the games coming out on that thing. They're like, well, this game should be on there and that game should be on there. Yeah, there's a lot of games that should be on there. Like Mario Paint. But, but I think you're right, Neil. Like it has to be games that defined not only, I guess, the series that they're a part of, I guess, or even the okay. genre. To be it's honest, right. yeah. I mean, it depends which way you go. If you're going one in a series, then you can exclude a whole bunch uh, straight away. But uh, you know, yeah, I mean, Tekken Three is probably a must. Yeah, I mean, if you can have any tech, it's the only one that really stands up with those at this point. You know, the others are very aged at this point. Yeah. Resident yeah, Evil I'd... or Sun Hills for the horror? Uh, I think it'll be Resident Evil 2, if anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> just I mean, the... Yeah, but uh, yeah, we, want, uh... we want this PS1 Mini in the next couple of years, right? We don't want it in 2040. Because if we get Resident <laughs> Evil 2, by the time they finish that remake. And then port this to the mini. You're probably looking at 2027, 20, maybe. Oh, man. I think there was a running joke I saw somewhere about the idea of this. If they did one for the PS2, that you had the collection, but you'd have to wait another 10 years for Kingdom Hearts to come on it. <laughs> yeah, um, Parasite Eve got a lot of mentions as well, as well it should, you know. It's uh, yeah. very good. Very good, Dino Crisis and its sequel. The sequel's good, but I don't really think it, it's a defining game, if you will, on that one. Point uh, blank. Point blank, yeah, but then you need the gun. It's like, unless that's going <laughs> with it. Or you have a move controller. Uh, when you talk about, like, what about Bishy Bashy Special? Does anyone oh, yeah. remember that? That was amazing. It was like, that was like WarioWare before it was WarioWare. Yeah. That was great. I love that game. I, lo- mm. I, I miss those type of games, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, doesn't define it, but it's one of those oddball things that does kind of. So, I want to say that's the one thing PS One was great at. That's the problem about trying to define that generation, is because it was that generation where it was kind of like, oh, you have an idea, sell it. <laughs> you want to be a man being chased by a giant cube as music plays? Sure, why not? Um, do you want to be a rabbit that bounces along a wavy line in time with the music CD you put in? Yeah, that's that's a decent amount of money right there. Oh, ribbon. Yeah. Lovely, lovely. 
Do you want to be again. a cube that goes around a square? No, no, was it a ball that a goes ball. around a cube, collecting <laughs> bananas and apples and stuff? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Uh, you know, on, on the saner side of things, you can just go snowboarding or kill the undead. You know, it's it's all fine. All of that is there. That's the thing that's hard to define that generation because it had so much. Sure. I mean, diversity games. It was just like there was something for pretty much everyone. I mean, you straight off the bat, if you were saying, you know, as in a wide audience, everyone yeah. knows these games sort of things, you'd say Wipeout, probably twenty ninety seven of the two. Um, you would say Crash Bandicoot for better or worse. Uh, Final Fantasy Seven, Metal Gear Solid. I'd say. So. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Um, I. Yeah, I, if I if if I was taking Crash, I'd take Crash Team Racing over the Crash games. Well, yeah, the, they've already yeah. released those. It'll be a waste. Yeah, in my um, yeah, and Resident Evil again. You know, Tomb Raider. Those are another two. So yeah, they're the, they're the big names. You, you could say straight away they got to be on there, and then from there it's just like filling out with like, well, it did this weird shit, Parappa the Rapper, for instance. You know, it's an off the wall game, but it's good to have I loved- on there. I love Monster Rancher, where you could put in different CDs and it would generate monsters. I uh, Viv Riven did that as well, didn't it? Yeah. It's like it's a, God, the process was fiddly, and you you think they would have yeah. updated that properly? Uh, 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 just that would have been a dream if it had been done right. Just to have yeah, nowadays, any... they should just make you be able to read a USB drive. <laughs> It'd be amazing. Mm, right, you'd have like infinite numbers of levels which, yeah. just by playing Spotify for crying out loud. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, there were so so many suggestions, and yeah, I think we've probably mentioned a few of ours there. Uh, Tim, what about you? Any particular game that you would definitely want if uh, such a thing? Shit, I don't think it'd be defining. No, but, but yeah, yeah. Man, there's a there's a game that had a special place in my heart way back when, and I could never beat it. It was really hard, but I played a lot of it. Um, the first Digimon game. Ah. Oh god. It was so hard cuz you had to you know, it wasn't just like, you know, controlling a Digimon like you were just a trainer and you were not only trying to keep your Digimon fed and, you know, healthy, but you were also trying to help use them to progress progress, right? You know, just progress. Yeah. And like you had to keep constantly put them in danger and you constantly had to make sure that they were healthy and just a lot of like monetizing, but it was in a very engaging way it wasn't like too much at once it was great i but it was so hard i couldn't beat it but i i really wish i could play that game again i think that'd be one i'd love to have on that console yeah. that's a good shot it's kind of like uh the monster rancher game too that was funny mm. mm-hmm. I, I miss monster rancher <laughs> um tony hawk's pro skater i mean that's Obviously not the second one because I don't think they'd be allowed to have the greatest game of all time on there. You know? <laughs> That's official, of course. It's, well, they couldn't have Metal Gear Solid on there. Well, you know, I'm I'm just going from Metacritic, and, and the, oh, that means that you know Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two is better than anything. So, pretty because much, bros will be bros. Yes, I, I just I know we we covered this multiple times during the the tournament of the overrated, but. How was that game? <laughs> so I just don't get it. 
Ah, man. Man, man, it's not even the best Tony Hawk. That's the worst part about it. Anyway, deviating slightly. That, that was that. Uh, we just thought we'd go over that for a little minute. So we got a fair few replies, and they were so. Oh, and Vagrant Story. Yes, I will always shout for that one. Thank you. Uh, who's that? Who's there? Man, I've always so wanted to play shocked. that. I'm so shocked there was little response with Chrono Cross. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? Chris didn't respond then. <laughs> well, he's too busy with his hookers and blow. <laughs> and blow. <laughs> I mean, elaborate by all means. <laughs> you know, he's got to visit Alfonso's pastry shop first. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> Did I miss some sort of text about his pastry shop that it is in fact a brothel? Don't say. Why can't it be both? <laughs> you want to stack afterwards, well, right? <laughs> I don't know. You don't. You don't. Want the glazing mixed up. Uh, it's just yeah. Ben's officially lost it. <laughs> yeah, you'd think that's you'd think that's something that they'd find in I don't know a place like Vegas, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that has something to do with the conversation. Yeah, maybe it does. Maybe it does. But you know, that, that, that's for us, I suppose. <laughs> I like it. Inside I mean, yeah. Which is always a great thing to do on a podcast. You know, <laughs> when people are listening are like, "Well, that's fun." I'm not involved in the joke. It's, uh... <laughs> um, to be honest, they don't. They wish they. Uh, yeah, in all honesty. DM Chili. He'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you all of the things. Yeah, maybe not all the things. Yeah, there are <laughs> some things that want to uh, leave away from that. Um, I suppose we go on to the regular stuff now, which is talking about what we've been playing. Uh, ben, you wanted to talk some Final Fantasy XIV yes. stuff, which I am allowing, you know, because I, I am a generous god on this podcast, apparently. Um, although, no, because this does sound interesting, to be fair. Because I've seen this sort of thing in other games, and yeah. It sounds novel. So please, Ben, tell me about the thing you have been doing, seeing in Final Fantasy fourteen this week. Uh, basically, there's a group on Twitter, or you can follow them on their website, called The Strange Reborn, which is a group of people that do events in video games. Now, the last few events they've done it in Final Fantasy fourteen, And basically, they recreate plays or stories from real life or other video games inside a video game using the assets in the game only. So there's no, like, items modded or anything like that. It's just everything that's in the game. Anyway, this Friday and last night, and I think today is their last day, they have been doing a stage reborn, uh, I Want to Be Your Canary, which is a... Which is a re-sort of imagining of the Pharmacy 9 play. Excellent. Um, and yeah, it was amazing. I got I was a VIP for the Friday night to represent Mugogo Round and Phoenix Down Radio. Uh, I was first in line because I got there early because it started at 3am so I just got there at midnight. <laughs> I thought I'd just sit there. <laughs> God. <laughs> I, that, that's, just, that's just meta as fuck. That is the, the actual queuing and actually yeah. queuing. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Yeah, there's an actual line right around the garden outside the house. Um, to make sure people got only the people they're invited got in here would because you can have guests in your house and only they can get in your house then so what he did was he locked his house invited people as a guest into his house let you in kicked you out 
not out of the house, but out of the guest list. I didn't invite the next people, so only the people that were guests could get in. I'm just randomized. Right. Um, okay. And yeah, the play was amazing. They did incredible work. It was just stunning. You can check it out on Stage Reborn. I even had a cute little pre-show. In the game, you play as Vivi, and you go up to the ticket guy, and you find out your ticket's fake. Then yeah. you had someone dressed as Vivi walk up to the ticket guy, do the same dialogue as the game, and then someone then they said it was fake, and then he ran off. <laughs> and then while we were still queuing, the guards were coming around to try and find who he was. So he had to get his fake ticket, and he was like dancing behind the guards. It was hilarious. Luckily, nobody in the queue decided to, you know, out him out. We all were like, we played along. That's good. So yeah, he was. He, their guards ran off because they couldn't find him. It was funny. <laughs> um, in the game, there's also a QTE event during the story where if you do well, uh, the nobles clap and then the queen claps. If you, yeah, you know, depending on how well you did. Yeah. It was funny. The audience actually reacted. We did in time. Just as the QTE <laughs> event finished, everyone started clapping. So, oh, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> oh. Yes. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I'd recommend it. It was a good show. Yeah, so I'd seen similar things before, mostly like role-playing <laughs> situations like that, where they reenact stuff from history or games or whatever, yeah. or indeed sitcoms in, in some cases, which is just bizarre. Um, but yeah, it, it's good to see that. And last happening. night's show was public for everyone. And to make sure that people weren't just rushing in and stealing seats, some of the moderators from the actual game itself appeared. Just to make sure everything was okay. <laughs> yeah, so that was crazy, seeing the GMs appear. In fact, um, the first time they ever did it was Christmas time. Yeah. And they had about 400, 500 viewers on Twitch. <laughs> and because bad. they were a small Twitch stream, Twitch, act- Twitch staff actually came into the chat and made sure that it wasn't bots. <laughs> Because they, yeah, they normally only had like two or three viewers, and suddenly had five hundred. Oh yeah, naturally you flagged think that, something but, up for Twitch, yeah. and they're like, "What's going on here?" And they're like, "Oh, just doing this and that. Oh, enjoy." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, it was a good show, and I would recommend it for everyone to watch. It, it, I, I don't know when they'll do it again, but they do it like every couple of months because uh, it takes some time to like. Because they hmm. do the whole fit, yeah. You know, so it takes them a while to practice. It's not really something you can do on the fly. Really, no. is it? Yeah, have to have some coordination to it. In fact, they're starting Especially... a new program soon where they're trying to find that, like singers as well. They're trying to actually find people that with some singing talent to try and add some like vocals in the background to the stream. Oh man, love that. Yeah, because right now they just use the music that's in the game. So <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, I know it's completely unrelated, but um, in that in that way. But it reminds me of like back in the pre-Twitch days when it was um, Justin TV. There used to be like online wrestling federations, which would take like the the wrestling games and like the yeah. create character aspect of that, and everyone could submit a character to be placed in the storyline and things of that. And it's, just, cool. oh, it's amazing. And of course, yeah, they were live streaming each pay per view and weekly show that they did. And it was like, just be amazing that when they did that. So don't really see it on there any often, but uh, yeah, oh. always did enjoy that. 
Yeah, I think the VV was my favourite character. He was just, the, the, he looked so much like me and it was just funny. Yeah, <laughs> it was all well done. It was just amazing. Fun stuff. Anything else uh, you played this week? Uh, not really. I've had issues with the internet, so I haven't really been able to play much. Uh, that's like death for you, isn't it? That's I fact, to, to watch that show, because I wasn't going to miss it at all, no matter what, I tethered my phone to my PS4. <laughs> to make sure yes. I watched it. Even though I don't have a limited date, I'm like, I don't care, I'm doing it. I was no, actually shocked good. about how well, little data Final Fantasy actually uses. Uh, in the two hours, no, three hours that I had it tethered, it used 100 yeah. meg. Well, I don't. I suppose it yeah. has to, in some way, be designed to be fairly low maintenance because Christ, yeah, it would. Uh, well, yeah, there's a lot of characters online, so. Yeah, <laughs> so you, you don't want to be like take, you don't want if, if they took the Bethesda approach, you know, yeah. the, the, the internet would die you know, over a week. So yes, that's uh, that's. Well, I was shocked about how little, yeah, how little it used really. I mean, yeah, hundred makes still a decent amount, but. Yeah, for what it is, you yeah. would expect more. But yeah, it, it makes sense that it wasn't too much more. Cool. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 so, Gary? What's, up? You What's you been up to with the games and the things? And the... Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, we could talk about one thing in particular, the fact that you went to off to see some games at Sony and stuff, didn't you, recently? Yes, I did. I did do that. And you know, um, the embargo lifted this week, didn't it? So you uh, got to speak a bit more about that. So you, yeah, you... I, I can actually. Um, yeah, I got to play. Uh, I guess I can start with Dreams. Oh, um, Dreams. Yes, I hate no, you. Talking... I mean, <laughs> yay! <laughs> um, Dreams was overwhelmingly amazing. Um, it's almost impossible to describe that game. Because, well, you can just... Everything you can possibly think of, you can create in that game now. It's not like one of those, okay, well, we have a creation tool and, like, you know, Far Cry has or any of these other games with map editors. Yeah, you can make every asset. You You can literally make every single thing that you want. Um, I wasn't able to see how, like, character creator works. Uh, but they did say everything that we see in that game is straight up created with the editor, from the characters to the icons, everything. Um, so I don't know how the fine details will work there, but um, yeah, uh, I got to play. I guess they had a, uh, uh, like a reel uh, where they had their developers go and make a level in 15 minutes, and we got to play like six or seven of them. Um, and they were all completely different. Uh, one was a point and click adventure, which kind of took place. Uh, well, it was kind of more of a like a horror theme, um, where you had to like resurrect some guy from a coffin. Um, that was pretty interesting. Uh, the platformer stuff. Obviously, when you look at a game like that, you instantly go platformer, and platformers are so easy to make in that game. I mean. I was able to go in and create a piece of mass, a land mass, mm-hmm. in like five seconds, stretch it out, uh, increase you know the terrain if I wanted to, add some hills and stuff to it, 
and make it movable if I wanted to with an animation. Um, I did all that in like 30 seconds, and it was incredible. Um, and you just run around with the character, you jump. Uh, platformer is very easy to make, and now that it's all 3D as well, um, go have fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there, a lot of the more complex stuff, like say a hardcore first-person shooter, obviously is going to take a lot more time, hmm. uh, yeah. especially when it comes to, I guess, the the art style you want to use. A lot of the stuff we saw uh, was very flashy and very kid-friendly, uh, but they did show us a level where we played a multiplayer game where we were hammers, right, as the characters. Yeah. And we were up against each other to who can nail uh, these nails into the ground the fastest between the two of us. And we can go in and like peel the nails off from the other one to kind of force them to go in and <laughs> and hammer some more stuff in. We also played a sports game with the hammers where balls will fly in. And it was pretty much like soccer or football where you had to hit uh, the ball into the opponent's uh, goal. But then they can also lower a shield, which will fall down and block... Uh, their their goal, so you, it, will, it will be that much harder for you to hit it. Um, yeah. That was fun, and then the other multiplayer one we got to play was where we hit the ground with the hammer, and the ground would collapse uh, in the direction that you're hitting, and the other person would have to fall to the ground and, and die. Um, but yeah, a lot of incredible stuff. That one had a little more realistic graphics, even though you played as a hammer. It wasn't like cel-shaded or cartoony. It looked like it used like real defining uh, textures and stuff. Mm. But, yeah, we got to play uh, a little uh, robot uh, level as well, where we uh, we were two little robots, and we had to follow these lights to to reach this big, gigantic robot, and we never got to fight it, because that's where our demo ended, unfortunately. Um, But, yeah, they're, they're just talking about doing so many insane things. Like, they're talking about... Uh, you be able to like you don't have to make games if you don't want to. You can go in and make animated movies mm-hmm. with no gameplay. You can go and make music. The music yeah. stuff was insane. Yeah, they um, um, did a video of it this week showing it off as well, and it was like bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, like you can go in and do simple things, but the fact that you can record your own voice singing if you want to, and then implement it into the game. Um, go in and literally use all the same tools that like actual sound designers use on those big ass fucking machines that they have at recording studios. You can go in and mess with every single sound that you want to the smallest detail. Like he showed us some stuff. We didn't dabble in it because it would have taken, he said like probably three hours just to go through everything that the sound has to offer. Um, but yeah, we went in and in like probably five minutes, we made a catchy little beat uh, with just using three instruments that just mixed so well along with us singing about random stuff, uh, which is pretty great. And we implemented that into the level and we were able to loop it so you don't have to like stretch out a song for like 15 minutes. You can just loop the f- same five minutes over and over mm-hmm. and it actually loops pretty well too, like... It adds some weird thing in between when the loop starts, so it doesn't sound like it's cutting off and then starting the song over. It just loops into perfectly somehow. I don't really understand how how it did it, but it did it very well. 
Um, but yeah, like when he said that you can create movies and things like that, and then they're really exploring right now how to export these things from their game so you can use them in other media, which wow. I thought was insane. Uh, he said that they're looking into ways where people can go in and create character models and things like that and export them and other like uh, programs can use them, like Unreal and... Well, talk um, about ZBrush being able to use it at one point. Yeah, uh, pretty much everything. They're looking into it. They they don't know if they'll be able to do it because of licensing and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, and obviously copyright things might, might hurt them as well, um, which was also an interesting because I brought up the subject of like, you can create whatever you want. How are you guys going to, you know, monetize copyrighted material, uh, you know, like Marvel, DC, whatever. Like someone goes in and creates Metal Gear Solid if they wanted to. Um, they said at this point they can't really control it, but if somebody reaches out to them like a Marvel or DC and tells them what's going on, then they will go in and pull it. Uh, yeah. But but they're not; they can't really stop people from doing it. No. And the cool but thing they, is, like he also told me, like when they're doing Little Big Planet, and people made like a lot of these comic book characters. Um, those studios were cool with it. Um, they did get contacted by by DC at one point, uh, but they only contacted them just to tell them how cool it was that they're able to do that. But they didn't tell them, "Hey, make sure people can't make these characters." They were fine with it. Um, so it's really just going to come down to what it's kind of like um, a gaming variant of Deviant Art in a way, isn't it? Where it's- People will create fan-made stuff of, of popular culture, and it's there. Character, please don't steal. Yeah, and, but people <laughs> will you know, share it out and about in the world. Yeah, as you said, the, the tricky things come come into. But I know what they said that you know each item that gets made will be marked as being made by a certain person. So you know, there's no way you could. Yeah. You know, the, the yeah, date every... of the first time it gets made will be seen, and it, it, people will know who made it first. Which yeah. it was a problem with the uh, little bit planet thing they had a lot of the time was you know someone would make something that was mildly successful and someone everyone else would copy it to death and pretend it was theirs to get yeah you know, well, that's what's great is like you can post it and then i believe you said you can unlock it so only you can use it or if you want to you can share it for everybody and everybody can use that character like yeah. if you make say a batman yeah somebody else like wow that's a really cool batman they can just go and use it in their game, and that Batman is always going to be credited to that character, to the person who made yeah. it, which is fantastic. Um, I think in time as well, it will prove that you know once everyone gets at the whole, let's do things that have already existed you know, the, out of the system, you'll start to see people you know, being truly inventive with the stuff that they make. You know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, uh, do you know how big the like, landmass can be? By the way, uh, they said it can be as big as you want it to be. There really isn't a limit on that. The only limit that he said the game will have is in assets. So you can have an infinite number of trees. Eventually, you won't be able to put any more because it won't be able to process it fast enough. And you'll just get pop-ups like crazy. My goal is to try and make an (laughs) RPG using it. Well, you could because um, you can connect each uh, one section to the other. 
to make it into levels and areas. So, like, you, you transition from an outside yeah. area. To yes, area. you, you it, can transition uh, very easily. He showed us it's super easy nice. to do a transition. Because I was like, I'm going to make like an openish area with like a few trees and river, and then have like transition to it. a cave. But then have the cave easily. be a separate area. Yeah, uh, it, easily I, done. I mean, at this point in my life, it, it's such a, it sounds like the perfect chill game thing to do. Not even a game, really, but, you know, in the sense of just fiddling about with that and making something would just be really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like, you can make a fighting game, uh, like Game Beats if you want to as well, which if nobody's played is pretty damn fun. Um, yeah, they even showed us a, a game where you it's like a space simulator in a way where you're kind of adrift and you have to bring in this cargo onto this ship and it's very physics based yeah and it works like it would in i guess space uh where it, it's constantly moving so you kind of have to adjust it with like the air uh that that it produces for for like, uh, what's it called like a gas engine but it's in like an air engine so you constantly have to keep moving it around because it's just going to keep spinning and spinning because it's in space. Um, and you have to align it perfectly and, and dock it. And that was super tough. Hell, they even went and they made an entire text adventure. Like old school, like the text would appear. Do you want to go left? Do you want to go right? Do you see an item? Do you want to fit? And you just, that's how you play it. Like a text adventure game. It was crazy to look at. Um, it will support keyboard. Uh straight up so if you want to do a lot of dialogue you can easily just do that um the move controllers as well um we weren't able to see how the creation with the move controllers work because they didn't have any but he did say uh one of the levels that they made which was the platformer one uh they used with the move controllers to create and it took them about like i said 15 minutes to make this like big landmass where you can run around and and platform in which is pretty cool um but yeah like that game really blew me away like i think it might be a little too overwhelming um and they talked about how it can be very overwhelming for me that's why they decided to add a campaign to it it's like a three-hour campaign and it's gonna go through every fundamental thing that you can do in the game through the campaign yeah i think it will well it'll be planted really yeah, mm-hmm. but it will rely on word of mouth. And I think the difference here is that, unlike Little Big Planet, it comes, on, again, on a Sony console that is successful at the time it comes out. You know, the, the, It's got the peak audience. Little Big Planet came out at a time where Sony was still struggling with the PS3. Yeah. Uh, despite despite the, the fact they just had the likes of Metal Gear Solid 4 and that it was still lagging behind in a lot of ways, audience-wise. So this, yeah, is a great time to try this sort of thing. Yeah, you can even go in and create together with four other people if you wanted to. Uh, I think he even said up to eight. He said however many the PS4 local supports, he wasn't sure how much it was. So there, there really isn't. It's the maximum of how many people can play at the same time on one system, huh. uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, another cool thing that I that that I well for me it was cool is there is an experience points bar. Uh, Mm -hmm. And this never runs out, so you constantly keep leveling up. But it's not something where you have to get a certain amount of level to unlock some new creation tool. What it is, it's more of a title thing. 
So if you create a lot of stuff, you'll get a title specific to being a creator. Sure. Um, if you're just a player, then you'll get titles that way. If you go in and create mostly assets, you'll get experience in that. And hmm. it'll, it'll give you titles. And they say they're constantly going to update it with new titles that people can earn. So it never feels like, oh, I've got all the titles here. I'm going to move on to something else. There's always going to be some. If you like to make music, you'll get specific titles for music. Um, and people will know you for that. Like they can see on your profile, like, it's going to have, it's not going to have an app, but they're going to have a website where you can specifically go and see people's profiles, what levels they made, the titles they've earned. And you can even reach out to them back. Like, hey, I see you're really good at making music. Can you make this track for me? And they can do that um, yeah. and share it to you. Um, it's incredible stuff what they're doing. It really is. I asked them about if it's going to support PlayLink. Uh, it's something they they might look forward to, but right now they're not looking at PlayLink. Mm. Uh, maybe something in the future. Um, but yeah, with VR as well, you're going to be able to yeah, specifically makes... specifically find uh, maps created for VR. Um, I mean, the other side of that is that just to be able to create stuff in 3D space. That, that's just next level shit. You know, that's, that, that could be something quite remarkable if, if done right. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Like It's very streamlined. It's like they literally thought of everything that a player could want and they added it into it. Like, especially when it comes to like the search function. Like Instead of scrolling through hundreds of maps, oh, I don't know if this looks good, you can specify what type you're looking for. You can go in and specify, I want to play um, platformers with this specific art style uh, with co-op. And it'll yeah. only search for those. Like The filter is very in-depth of, of what you want, want to search for. You can even go in and do a randomize, I guess. And it'll just, once you finish one map, it'll automatically throw you into the next one. And it, it'll be random. It'll randomly pick a new one for you. Or you can select a whole bunch of playlists that you want. Like, I want to play like these six maps, but I don't want to constantly go through and look for them. Right. It'll just go through those six that you want. Like, they, they, they've really thought pretty deeply about how they can make things a lot easier for players who just want to play rather than create. Yeah. And that, again, is why it has a better chance of success than Little Big Planet did, because... The core audience, uh, in both cases, don't really care for that sort of thing as much. You know, the, the creation stuff is not really their forte. It's usually it's why Minecraft is as big as it is, and people who generally just game can a lot of the time look at it and go, "I don't get it. I don't get why," like that. But then you see why, you know, and for the, the things people do with it, and just like, yeah, this this makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it can ensnare that audience. And that would just be amazing. I mean, if it does as much as it can, especially with the VR stuff, it, it could be massive for Sony. But yes, you, there will be a lot of blowback from it from the you know, gaming community. I think with the "it's not a game" sort of thing going on, which is yeah. Um, and and you again with with the game where you create your own stuff, you're going to get like eighty percent of it is going to be trash. Yeah. Um, and there's really nothing you can do about it. One cool thing they did say is they're letting uh, the community vote on what's good and what isn't in a way where you can rate someone's map, for example, right? And 
if say it's vulgar, like say you're running around as a penis or something, and <laughs> too many people don't like it, it'll get downvoted off of their servers. And so what you're saying is, it it's Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> Only the opposite way thing would happen. There we go. Oh look, penises upvoted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but they're would they're they're essentially letting the community decide on what stays and what doesn't stay. Like, sure, they're gonna go and monetize things. Like, okay. You can't have, make a game where you know you're having sex with animals. They're not going to let you do that. If obviously they won't be able to see it, but people will be able to report it instantly, and it'll get thrown off right away. Um, but well, I, I, I like the idea. <laughs> I mean, I I like the idea that they're letting the community essentially decide what is something fantastic and what is so trash um to to me at least i like that idea yeah um, I, i'm not sure lars von trier would like it let's put it that way <laughs> but i'm not sure how much i like it because i don't people are dicks people are dicks that's true um but i guess it just comes down to majority vote it's like a voting system i guess um and that's yeah. Uh, that, that's foolproof, surely. Oh, yeah, that is, I would trust that over anyone. I mean, it's not like people have been voted into office because... Well, of... you know, if, if, if a majority is like 51, 52%, then fine, yeah, that's great. I'm sure it'll be working. <laughs> well, you know, it, what can you do? When you're going to yeah, have thousands of maps uploaded every day, uh, you can't possibly see them all. Oh no! I mean, you just have to do what you can, filter-wise. But yeah, and essentially that's what they did with Little Big Planet. They they did what they could. Yeah, um, I, I can see the Daily Star headlines now. Just, uh, <laughs> I, PS4 supports penises. Parents rage over sick penis game. That's it. Um, <laughs> another cool thing that, if I remember correctly, they said they're gonna have um, I guess a daily thing. Well, not a da- a weekly thing where Media Molecule will find the highest rated maps and feature them. Mm. They did that um, a little big planet, didn't they, with uh, Media Molecule picks? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, probably. There are, um, there are people that work at Media, Media Molecule yeah, yeah, Molecule now. <laughs> now, because of the, the stuff they made in Little Big Planet. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and that's, I think, really cool. So they're going to f- specifically feature certain people and certain levels that they make. And if... Uh, I guess they say they're going to have a lot of community uh, prizes and events and things like that where like highest rated people will earn exclusive rewards that only they will be able to have. That might be sure. cool. oh. exclusive um, that I had on Little Big Planet. It's cool. Yeah, um, like if, you, if, if you're like this fantastic creator and everybody loves what you're making, like they'll give you tools that other people might not have to do, I guess. Well, not not tools, probably rewards. Yeah. Uh, of some kind, I don't know exactly what they what they're thinking of right now. Because I but. found some bugs in the internal alpha of Little Big Planet, I got an outfit that's like you could only get if you found bugs during that phase. It's like a little bug blaster <laughs> outfit. Nice, nice, and and like Little Big Planet, you can go in and create manually whatever you want, or you can find things that help you. Like the items, they come in like the spherical bubbles again, and you find those, and they essentially help you. 
but like, okay, I don't want to create a signpost. I'll just use the one they have and just modify it. And you can do that. No, I think uh, the that, biggest that's what a lot of those items everyone are. has on our minds. When's the beta? <laughs> um, <laughs> don't be surprised if it's during or after E3. I may need new pants now, which I can cry oh. in dreams. Yay! <laughs> right, the, the stuff that started to leak out the last week that's going to be free it's like on a personal level it's like I, I I want to marry this month coming up it's just so damn good yeah <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they announced the release date at A3 um, I, I think that, that, that seems very imminent well, yeah uh, they should not demo the game at A3 like I'm sorry the game just does not demo well people will look at it and they're like what the fuck like it's good that I had the head creator of the game sit next to me and explain yeah. the game to me. Well, this, this it's impossible. Why, yeah, it's why it's worked so well. Um, the way they showed it, I think, like uh, back at Paris Games Week, they did a sit down with Tim Schafer, like hosting of them describing what they're doing and having it on a big screen in the background. All of them sat on a sofa chatting about, it, and it worked. A forty-five minute chat with them did more to sell that game and what it can do than to trying to show it off in a show reel because it, it just. You say it doesn't translate very well at all to that yeah. sort of thing, which is good. Um, so yeah, we talked about that. Um, as we're taking up a lot of time, um, you on the, the lower side of things, uh, if we can keep it short on it, yeah. Days Gone is you play Days Gone, and that's a bit rough at this stage, which is understandable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's far very away. understandable, and I try to make that clear in my preview that it was an alpha build of the game, yeah. and I specifically mentioned in my preview is that these are things that they should be able to fix easily by the time the game releases next year. Sure. Um, and I can see why they delayed it. Like if you're looking at it realistically, the game should have already been in beta by now. If it was to make fall release. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's a good thing. They delayed it. Um, I did enjoy the majority of what I played. Um, obviously the, the small things of like the glitches and the bugs kind of ruined like, the freakers, for example, um, yeah. where they just did not pose the threat that I assumed they would, simply because I just mowed them down with my axe the whole time and they couldn't touch me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a big, massive open world. I was not expecting how huge the map size is for that game. Yeah, I mean that's probably why the delay as well. I think they've grown in ambition and size from what they were originally going to do. Mm-hmm. It, it does seem like it's like they're like, oh, okay, well, the company's doing well. Let's um, you know, invest more time and money into this sort of thing. I think that's probably responsible for it being so far behind at this stage. Yeah, uh, the only big, the biggest concern for me with Days Gone is it feels too much like a gaming game. If that makes sense, it doesn't feel like when it comes to Sony's fir- first party titles. They've done so much to kind of move away from like, okay, this is just a video game into more of a, this is like an interactive or experience type of game. Sure. Like The Last of Us, Uncharted, even God of War. This one feels too much like just a video game and rather it, than a, a, a big third party sort of thing, you know, almost rather than, yeah, a game that's made <clears throat> for better or worse for, for monetary value rather than for being enriching yeah like and it's very clear when you look at like the the upgrade system 
in the game, like you have the three between the three, the the melee, the firearms, and the survival. Where you kind of play in the game, it's like, okay, I leveled up. Do I want to unlock my ability to find crafting materials a lot easier, or do I want to upgrade my ability to slow down time, go into bullet time when I'm fighting enemies for a short mm-hmm. period of time? Um, it, it's stuff like that kind of turned it off for me, especially after. <clears throat> all the games that Sony has made on the PS4 feeling more like this crazy story-driven experience and less like, okay, this is just another video game. I think it's the other thing as well is much like uh, with uh, The Order, it's coming from a company that has not really done anything big before. Mm -hmm. And that's showing in terms of they're not quite used to this scope. And it's almost really... The second tier of Sony's games, you know, when you think about it, because there is a clear tiers to what they do. That there's, you know, the, yeah. the high budget, high level. We promote the shit out of this stuff. There's the next level, which is like the pretty ambitious or pretty big, you know, standard games that you probably call your double A's if you're being like that. And then there's the, the smaller stuff that's a bit more adventurous, a bit cheeky, and that you know, doesn't get advertised quite as much. But you know, it they usually get plaudits, do well, have a, a cult following. And yeah, yeah I, think this, I think this firmly fits in the middle ground. I, I think people are expecting too much of it in a way, which... Yeah, and, and in a way, it's not really their fault. Like, no. Sony's first-party games have been so stellar lately yeah, um, that, that it's that. almost unfair for this team that only made handheld games to go in and their first big AAA title. And in a way, I just feel like it may be too ambitious for them Hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, and maybe they should have scaled it back down a little bit instead of making it, I guess, this massive open world. But but then you'd have the problem that it would very much be too much like The Last of Us, which is you know the problem that they're facing as it is is uh, oh it's just like a boring The Last of Us. It's the common yeah, and and spurt. it's sad because like when I got my hands on it, it everything felt like The Last of Us to me, and I know I shouldn't compare it that way and i know the developers really hate the comparisons but everything is almost identical like the crafting wheel is exactly the same like almost no difference there the the shooting uh the lack of resources that you find it's very much an open world last of us like a b version of the last of us and the comparison is almost impossible not to make and it's like um is the last of us is the road this is uh z nation <laughs> it's, 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 no it's just like it's a very different beast uh clearly made on a slow, lesser budget with less creative uh <laughs> grace i should say yeah yeah i mean they still have a year i yeah, well exactly. probably not a year but until the next year the game comes out so they have plenty of time to refine a lot of stuff um so I think that's also why they've had these previews is to just get the feedback they needed to see where it's going. You read a lot about this in developer stories that that sort of thing happened. Yeah, and, and they were constantly watching everybody. It's not like they, okay, here we go, play, and they went off and did their own thing. They yeah. were literally standing, breathing over your neck the entire time as you were playing it in case you had questions, in case you needed anything, which I did. At one point, I had a question where I had to... I had to find gas to fill up this generator so I can get into one of these containment areas. And for the life of me, I couldn't find this gas can at all. 
I was like, where the <laughs> fuck do I find gas? I don't understand. <laughs> and the guy finally told me, oh, you just got to go behind this truck and find it. And like the game has a thing where I think you press R1 and it like scans the environment for you, which again really takes it out of the experience. And yeah. like it highlights all the things that you can pick up. And it just wasn't picking up the gas tank for me. I don't know why, but it just wasn't. Um, until I got a lot closer to it. But eventually, yeah, he told me, oh, you can grab it here, you can grab it there. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, wasted a lot of time looking for that gas canister. But, but it's, yeah, this is all good. Hopefully it is feedback that they can take on board. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um <laughs> And I'll quickly go through the other ones I got to play. Um, yeah, yeah, just quick hits. Yeah, Creed, Rise to Glory. If you're a boxing fan, uh, this is a must for all boxing fans, I think. Uh, it's very, I won't say it's very simulation, but it's going to tire the hell out of you. This mm. is a fantastic exercise game. <laughs> um, and I, I, I feel like I kind of hurt my shoulder. My shoulder hurt for a couple days. Um <laughs> That was a fun game, though. Uh, the training sessions you do in that game are super fun. Um, you, you pretty much have to hit these targets on 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 this dummy. You have to hit them in order, um, and you have a certain amount of time to do it. That was pretty cool. Uh, the boxing itself was very fun. Uh, you can play it however you want. Uh, you can dodge punches if you're that good. I'm mm-hmm. not, so I pulled an ollie, and I just kind of blocked the whole time until they tired themselves out, and then I counterattacked. <laughs> Um, but that game should be fun. Uh, that's a VR only, I believe. I don't think it's going to have non VR. Um, that's doesn't have a release date, so, um, but it was announced. Cool. Uh, let's see. Um, Blood and Truth, the, the, um, how do you, what do you guys call, call the, 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 the way those guys talk? Cockney, I think Co- it was. Cockney. Yeah. Um, Co- uh, that game was not what I was expecting it to be. I thought it was just going to be like a first-person shooter. It's technically not. It's more like a time crisis virtual cop game uh, where you're constantly behind cover and you kind of tell him to move to the next point of cover um, when you're done killing off the enemies. Um, but I, what I really liked about this game is how you had to use both the move controllers not just to shoot but to pretty much reload and pick up stuff like you can be shooting one guy and then like you'll find like a box of ammo on on the crate so while you're shooting you can reach up and grab the ammo with your left hand if you want to um you also have your gun belt so you can you have to take a clip like it doesn't automatically reload your weapon you have to take the clip and slide the clip into the gun and it's not like it's super in depth like as long as you like have the two calls together it automatically just go in um but i really like that those small details that that game had where you kind of had to do that and at first i was like god i always had to look down to see if i'm grabbing the ammo but eventually i got so used to where it was on my body um very easy to do um like you get an assault rifle so you gotta like move your arm behind your back and push the one of the move button on the move controller to grab the assault rifle and pull it out from your back. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, I like the game. Um, it's not trying to be this big, massive thing. It's just going to be like a fun, I believe they said, uh, three to four hour experience, uh, linear experience. Um, 
but yeah, uh, that that's another VR game coming out. It's based from the London Heist VR Worlds demo. People love that so much they decided to make a game based on that on that demo. So uh, it's good to see something come from that, uh, other than just demos, real stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the other one and my favorite VR game that I've ever played so far was Astro Boy. Oh um, yes. <laughs> I absolutely fell in love with Astro Boy the moment I sat in that chair and I got to control the character. Um, you pretty much play the little bots from the, the playroom uh, that oh. they released. Um, and I believe the playroom also had a mini game where you rescued bots as well. And it's based on that little mini game. Um, <laughs> and it's in VR. And it's essentially imagine like you've been playing Mario Odyssey. Neil, just yeah. imagine Mario Odyssey, but obviously not open world like Mario Odyssey mm-hmm. is. But just imagine that in VR. That's oh. what Astro Boy is. That would be adorable. It's <laughs> absolutely adorable. You run around, you look around corners of buildings to 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 find coins and hidden items. Um, it's just such a cute game. Like every time, like you control the Astro Bot, he runs by. He like waves to you. He's like, "Hello." is just so cute and the cool thing that they did with that game and it's actually one of my favorite features um is the controller like you can see the ps4 controller in the game yeah. as you're moving it around and what it is is it highlights on the virtual controller all the buttons that you can use um so square x and the touchpad the analog stick and the d-pad were the only buttons that are highlighted. Everything else is kind of blacked out, so you never get confused of what button you need to press. Sure. It's it's great stuff. And every time you like approach a character, like you can always look at the controller and it'll tell you what button you have to press to attack an enemy, for example. Or you can punch and kick enemies or you can jump on them. It'll tell you that. Uh, it, ju- it just helps. And if you're ever stuck, if you just stand there for a long period of time, it's like, I forgot how to do something. Literally a screen after like five seconds or maybe ten, I don't remember what it was, will pop up like a big monitor will come down on the wall and tell you exactly what you're supposed to do. So you never get lost. Um, it was great stuff. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this game. Um, it's going to be my favorite VR game. I already know it, uh, especially <laughs> from the demo that I got to play. I got to fight a boss, a big monkey that was scaling the tower. Um it was cool because it like it chops down on the ground, creates a shock wave. Shock wave. You jump over it, you go and you punch his teeth, you break them. And I got this like grappling hook, and you use the touchpad and you fling the grappling hook at him, and then you pull with the controller like you would an actual rope, and it'll yank his tooth out. Um, <laughs> great stuff. It, it 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 uses the controller so well it even uses the headset like there are parts where i'll have an obstacle in my way and my little robot can go through but i myself can't as the cameraman so i have to literally use my head to bash through the wall (laughs) using (laughs) my headset to to break through the wall so i can go through oh Um, i can see that not going wrong at all Yeah, don't don't let that headset fly off your head. When yeah, you yeah, yeah. Don't don't let anyone be in front of you when you're doing this. <laughs> so, 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 so how did you come to headbutt your wife? Well, I was, I was she, special. She, yeah. <laughs> and she, she was trying to tell me something, but she didn't want to scare me. <laughs> <laughs> oh but, dear. 
Absolutely adored that game. Um, don't know when it's coming out. They said very soon they might even announce it as a release game after E3. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, they've been oh, yeah. working on it in secret for a long time. And they said it's one of those games where they want to announce it and release it as soon as possible. So that's going to be one of those, uh, imagine, uh, E3. We shall see. Yeah, uh, a surprise release. We'll see. I don't know. But it is done by Japan Studio. And you can never go wrong with Japan Studio, quite honestly. They're always on point with whatever it is they're making. Um, absolutely cool. love that game. Uh, the last one that I got to play was Evasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was another first-person shooter where the whole point was to not sit around, but to constantly be on your feet moving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, which, if you don't have a lot of room in your on your VR play area you're not going to be able to play this game. Um, <laughs> it was also very hard to play it because of the goddamn wires on the headset. Um, yeah. But it's it's a game where they essentially described it as a first-person shooter bullet hell. Um, oh, my God. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and in a way, it was uh, because I constantly had to keep jocking and juicing, and it got tiresome. The cool thing is they also give you your gun that you have because you use the the PlayStation Aim controller gun, yeah, um, yeah, is the gun has a shield on it, and you can use that shield to essentially deflect bullets that are coming at you if you don't want to dodge, I guess. But you're not gonna be able to block everything. Believe me, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was it was fun. I got to play that and and call up with another guy. Uh, I got to play it early. So it was just the two of us instead of the four that it probably should have been. Yeah. Um, but but they have uh, like classes. The characters have classes. You can be like a tank. You can be a healer. Uh, you can be an engineer and like plays down turrets and and uh, defensive structures if you want to. Um, so that that stuff is cool. Uh, you can heal your your teammates if if you want. You get like this tether gun. Uh, where you just press the button and it tethers items that you see floating in the environment. Like you kill an enemy and like a health will just float around. So you can save it for later and then grab it then, or you can grab it right away and just feed it to your friend if you think he's dying. Um, you can also grab low-ranking enemies or enemies that are almost dead and use them as a shield as well. That was fun. <laughs> grab this like big-ass robot, and it's like all flailing, trying to get out, and I'm just using him as a shield as like enemies are just bombarding me. Um that, no, it, it was a decent game. It, it just requires a lot of motion, which makes sense by its title, Evasion. Um, yeah, I mean, you must have come back in great shape. After all that. <laughs> I was exhausted by that by that whole <laughs> event, man. So tired. Uh, but yeah, uh, movement-wise, you can play full locomotion if you want to. I tried, but because the game has so much movement, I almost died. Uh, <laughs> or, uh, literally or just in game <laughs> no no literally because like I'm moving and I see bullets coming at me so I dodge with my actual body while still running forward and it was so disorienting I'm like how the hell what, what's happening right now oh my god I almost hit uh, one of the dev people who was standing next to me trying to tell me <laughs> something but, but I couldn't hear what she was telling me because I had a big old headset on me so I can hear the game so I almost like headbutted her I felt bad um, but yeah, I had to I had to switch to more of the stop where you kind of like have to click and the character just moves 
yeah. like that. Uh, some I don't know if you guys have played those VR games. Yeah, or it's yeah. off motion. Um, but yeah, those are the games I got to play. There are two more, but I never got a chance to get to them. Uh, it was uh, Vacation Simulator, which looked really weird. Um, yes, you're just on vacation eating shit. That's what I saw people doing, <laughs> eating donuts and stuff, fishing and stuff. Uh, the other one was, I believe, Firewall. I think it's called. And yeah, what was that? Sounds like something I remember hearing about. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's like this four-on-four, like Rainbow Six type of game, where you go in. It's like a like a SWAT team versus some criminals. I think it is, and yeah, it's exactly what I said. It's Rainbow Six. Like you're dead, you're done for the match. You have to wait until the match is over. Um, very tactical. Uh, you like people like looking around corners and stuff. Like moving their gun, doing a lot of bonfire. I saw people playing it. It looked really fun, and they were having a blast, screaming and yelling and stuff. Very teamwork heavy game, but I never got a chance to play it, unfortunately. Yeah, um, cool. yeah, yeah. those. That was my event. That's quite fun. I'd forgotten that you had all that. that that's it's good. It's a, it's a good lot of stuff. We had dreams. Just sounds like it's going to be something just. Dreams, yeah, dreams, dreams is... sounds like orgasms. It really it, can be. Of course, it, it, it's hard to judge how that game is going to turn out because we see what the developer has made. Sure. And yeah. it looks fantastic. And who knows how long it's going to take people to make things like they, like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, there is a, it seems simple there. enough to me, though. So, But at the same time, We'll, over time, we'll see people do better than the developers. Oh, yeah. Probably. It happened with Little Big Planet. That said, people ended up working for Media Molecule off their work, yeah. you know, the stuff they made. They're doing stuff yeah. that they, the developers never thought would be possible using the engine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the, the name of that game is perfect for what it is. Mm. Dreams. It's whatever you can dream of, you can make in that game. It's crazy. I still but, wish they'd taken my suggestion of a reversible cover, though. Because you got the happy dreams. We don't know dreams. what the cover looks like. <laughs> yeah, but you got the happy cover. Yeah, the logo of dreams. They should have a reversible nightmares. Oh, God. <laughs> when, it, when it doesn't work when the day one update hasn't shipped. So is that yeah. what it is? <laughs> you just put that cover on. No, I don't know. Uh, anyway, let's, let's scratch on. Timothy. Yes. Oh, you are there. Sorry, just making sure you're there. That's, uh, yeah, um, you? You've been so quiet. But I knew he had this coming up, so this is the main thing. Um, I was obviously going to talk about Detroit, having reviewed it, but I guess you've played some, if I'm right? Yeah, I've played a little, yeah. you um, played a little. You had four or five chapters. Yeah, eh. by all means, you, you kick that off. I don't know. Um... I guess I wasn't even prepared for it. I was just too busy listening to Gary. I'll be honest, I um, was doing the exact same thing. I forgot what he talked about. I was just to Gary. <laughs> You're hypnotic, Gary. Uh, You're welcome. I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've only played the first couple chapters and like there are a lot of things I like and a lot of characters I like, but there are also a lot of things that don't really feel organic. Mm. 
It seemed yeah. like plot devices and heavy-handed. No, yeah. I mean, I said a lot. There was a lot of ham-fisted stuff in there. It's like, come on, you, you, you could have done that better. But at the same time, I was kind of relieved that it wasn't done worse. Just going on reputation. Yeah. Um, I don't know how spoilery we want to go with this, but everything revolving around Marcus is very of that ilk. I Every time Marcus comes on the screen, I expect something very artificial. Yeah. Which is, it's a shame because for me, from what I've, obviously having finished it and done a few different things, it depends how you focus his story. If you focus his story is on what he becomes and all that and the, the allegory, that's where it, it really falters in his story. If you just, like with all three of them, if you focus more on it being a story of wanting to fit in, wanting to be on an equal pegging, just that, you know, just wanting to be human, then it, it works better. But because that other stuff is shoehorned in to it, it makes it a lot more awkward and ham-fisted, as I said. So it's essentially what I was saying, where it, that was the only part of the, the the three that they've shown off that I just didn't give a shit about. Uh, no, because in order to, I really like Marcus's story, but I had to take it on a different level. I couldn't for the main thing they're going with. It's like yeah, this is you know, cliche to fuck. It is you know, like, I get you can always sense where it's going, but where they let you take it, and I, and funny enough, someone I know had was very very angry with the way this Marcus's storyline goes, and I, I I see it, but then at the same time, maybe they had a different endpoint than me, but. But oh, is this what uh, you humans call feelings? It is difficult about ruining things here, but it's just like someone said online that it's it's almost too you know dangerously optimistic. Which I thought, come on, it's a video game. Um, it's like, well, no, because the optimism is always tempered with the knowledge that it doesn't matter. You know, it's like you can be as optimistic as you like. The, people are still going to feel the same way overall. You know, it's like there is no real victory in it because there's always going to be a next time. And that that sort of stuff is where, as I said, it's fine and it's good. But with Marcus, and I, one of my favourite scenes in the whole game is, funny enough, is where they don't really focus on anything apart from how disposable the androids are. In a, in one of Marcus's early scenes, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, Tim, but um, yeah, there was a very horror esque uh, element to the way it played out. And it, was, it was really well done. I like that, and that's where for me his stuff got interesting. Um, you know, I I know what scene you're talking about. It's it's mm. raining, right? Yeah. Um, I felt the opposite. It, yeah. I don't know. It it was. I mean, it was fine. I totally understand the symbolism, right? It's it's all there. But that's like the thing with it is that if you're wearing your symbolism on your sleeve, you're not going to be anything else but your symbolism. Mm. And that's the problem I have with Marcus. Like everything about his story, whether it's that scene or anything to deal with Carl, is literally just a projection of, you know common 
characterization tropes, especially in video games. Sure. And I I don't feel it. I don't I can't I don't know I can't I don't know the game name of the guy who they had playing as Carl, but I instantly recognized him as like a combination. Yeah, it was a combination. I honest and I don't know. It wasn't because of him that I couldn't take his character seriously, but the fact that he looked like Hugh Hefner, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. And well, for me, it was Lance Henriksen, who is uh, famous for playing the android bishop in Aliens. It, it was the, fu- the the laugh of him um, being a character who is an android. Yeah, it's the fact that he's not an android in it. <laughs> it just made me laugh. It's like the guy who's most famous for playing an android is not playing an android, and it's confusing me in my brain slightly. That's it. <laughs> And he's all tatted up as well, which is uh, definitely not him. You know, yes. I got to tell you, actually, of that whole of all their interactions on Marcus's end, I was more appreciative of seeing an older person with tattoos mm. than I was of what was going on. Because that, to me, was the most sort of stuff like that shows that they're showing it's the future, but they're taking into account what it's like now, what people maybe of a certain age. I know he's not yeah. like that young, you know, but given you know, 20, 30 years earlier, yeah, you could see that he'd have sleeve tattoos, maybe. It may, it makes sense. and it's like, I like that about it. As you say, it's, it was a nice touch. And it's and I think it's because of stuff like that. I feel like there could have been a lot more opportunities taken. Mm. And I've, I in, this la- in these first five chapters, I, know, I almost know for a fact, and I'm just going to say for a fact, because I'm almost putting a blinder in front of me at this point with a game. But <laughs> I feel like by the end of it, I'm going to have a litany of things to say about what they didn't say. Mm. And yeah. like, I'm going to look at this go, there's an opportunity, there's an opportunity, there's an opportunity. But he's so heavy-handed on his allegory and his one like singular intention that he doesn't bother to branch it out. And I feel like that's going to be the game for me. Mm. And I, I get that intention even more so because um, my, my friend was here over the weekend and he and I were playing kind of back and forth because we wanted to see, you know, different outcomes and things, you know, just sure. to, you know, and what kind of bothered me quite a bit. I know it's all early, so they don't really want us, they don't really want to have, you know, crazy things changing the game, you know, early. Sure. But... We had things that we did uh, with different outcomes, and it changed nothing into the next scene. Mm. And yeah, it was. I don't know. I don't want to say bothersome, but it felt very, for lack of a better word, artificial. Yes, ironically, it's a. <laughs> yeah, it's a. And I don't feel like I can make an argument against this right now because, one, I've only played Heavy Rain the one time. Mm. And I've never seen any of its variations because what I experienced in Heavy Rain is something that I wanted to take with me. Sure. Yeah, I I very much felt like this with this. It's like I didn't want to go back changing anything until I played it through once. And even then, I only changed a couple of bits just to see earlier on rather than later. It's like... I felt that that was the way I wanted to play it out, and I, I was happy with that. You know? Right. Well, I, I can't say I was happy, happy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some decisions were, when done, some of the stuff was done done in a split second, like it would be in a normal situation. It was like, 
it was great that it made you feel regret you know for doing it wrong but at the, at the time in your brain you're thinking this will work this is what i'll do it's like and you kind of panic in your brain about what you should do and it, it's crazy I, I hated that i've made that decision and very few games that use that sort of oh make this choice now system get it right like that at times it, again not something that always happens but something that when the moments come you're like shit man that, that really that, that did a number that was a effective i'll say that but uh, again other people may not even see that scene you know because uh, I, I discussed this with our boss steven at the time because he was playing it and yeah we we got very different outcomes towards the end but ultimately the main plot beats are still going to be there if if a character stood about so yeah right and i don't know if this is going to be much of a uh i don't want to I'm going to use vague words, but I think these words are going to be vague enough to not be a spoiler. Uh, but early on, you have that first um, deviant, mm. the first real deviant focus. Not your main characters, but there's a deviant that you come across. Yeah. And what ends up happening to him, like my, my friend ran through and, you know, did the interrogation. Mm. And what happened to the deviant in that scene, you know, I managed to have a different outcome with the deviant there, but what happened in his scene ultimately happened in my next scene. Mm. And that felt like I, it almost felt inevitable in a way and I get it, but it also felt a little like these characters are going in one direction like as opposed to it being a thing because there's the argument that you're trying to make that artificial intelligence can be you know human in nature Mm. but you have all these arguments within the game that are saying no there's only one way they can go and i don't and if it's supposed to be a you know a, a play on words to the human condition there's no hint to it there's no tie to it and no, I don't think it's that nuanced, to be honest. I say that that's, it's uh, it's very broad strokes with a lot of it, and just occasionally there's like the little flick of the brush where you're like, oh, lovely, like that. It's not in you can't tell if it's by accident, what by design. My main overriding theory is that because he has a co-writer, is that stuff that works well is where they said, "Oi, Dave, knock it off, mate," and just. <laughs> No, we're not doing that. I mean, not a spoiler to say, but considering his uh, predisposition with uh, female nudity and sex and stuff, that was toned down a lot here, which was nice to see. Even when they do romantic stuff with androids, it's um, not David Cage. Let's put it that way. It's not like uh, we're not getting the heavy rain sex scene again. Let's put it that way. Um, Okay. So, that was awful. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like you get you get derogatory things in there, but it was also choreographed terribly and badly yeah. put together. It was just mechanically and you know, thematically, yeah, totally everything about it. It was just like it's like, oh, my son's missing and there's someone out framing me for murder. But sure, let's totally have sex. <laughs> You're having sex in a mocap suit. There's only so much you can do. Well, for the plot, yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> well, with the David Cage plot, there's only so much you can do, too. 
Mm, um, I don't know. Utilize the. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you what, when he gets like name actors in to do stuff as well, it does seem to help. Um, they seem to get it a little better. I don't know. It's like, like Ellen Page, for all the ships she got put through and beyond, did a really good job with it. You know, William Defoe and his was probably not mad enough for my liking, but uh, in that <laughs> game. William Defoe was fantastic in that game. William yeah, Defoe just, is fantastic in anything. I don't I just, know, man. I've seen him more enthused. Like, I, 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 have yeah. you seen uh, um, Antichrist? <laughs> I knew you were going to mention Antichrist. <laughs> yeah. That's what is it with you in that movie, man? That's dude, two Von Trier references in one podcast. That's, that's dude, man, like that movie is above a bar that can ever be set. Like it's crazy, insane. I, I hear his latest film is uh, is just as uh, contentious in that regard. So uh, yeah, let's talk about that after the podcast. <laughs> All I know is I know him from one movie, really two actually. And I say can't Spider-Man. say it in this movie in this show because it's not PG. It's that right. movie with Madonna. Oh, I was oh, going like, to say Boondock Saints. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, sorry, my go-to answer is always Spider-Man. So well, no, that's you know, well. I, I know that as well. I know Spider-Man. Uh, where he played the Green Ranger from Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those movies were awful. Oh, no, yeah. they weren't. They were amazing. Don't you, oh don't you dare say that again. <laughs> I want more emo doubted Peter. Dude, anyway, Maguire makes everything awful. Anyway, Tobey Maguire is the best Spider-Man we ever had. Whoa. Says the same guy who likes Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I like it. The bees. I think Christ, we really do need a, a podcast to sort. To sort <laughs> <laughs> yes. you hate good things, Tim. It all comes down. to I don't know, the man. Bees. I love William Defoe. Anyway, yeah. So going back to it, um, Lance Henriksen for. I mean, he's probably got the least time in it of everyone, uh, but he he's all right. He likes he sounds like Lance Henriksen in any other thing he ever does. So you don't know if he likes it or not. Um, Clancy Brown though, um, just having him in there was just great. He's, he just revels in being an alcoholic deadbeat cop. <laughs> like, That's who plays Anderson. Yeah, Clancy Brown. Because yeah, even uh, Anderson is one of the few. Shining stars. Yeah, I liked his story, and just uh, it, as cliche as the Connor and Hank story is, I like. I just I was a sucker for that buddy cop nonsense. Just just the deadpan way Connor plays everything as well. It's just it's like seeing Data in Star Trek uh, trying to be in a cop movie. And it's, you know it's like, that's that's an apt comparison. And there's something about Connor that actually you know does it for me. I he's He's that that almost uninformed mm. nice guy that you come across in you know anime or you know movies yeah. or whatever. Like it's it's like he's come fresh from the library, you know, being there for twenty years and going outside and trying to be nice to people. It's that. Uh, <laughs> right. And right. I love him well, for because like he can be clinically nice to people, but he doesn't. He can't like read people very well and uh, it, it, it it actually gives him some endearment which some of the other characters don't really have wait wait guys it's, like, it's kind of short for bed because <laughs> <laughs> so you were that guy in the library i've seen you there yeah, yeah I, I, find with said hello. I find with connor's story he, you know all three of them are, are vying to be human or equal to human he's doing it in a very different way he's wanting to be human and 
in the way that he's been told to be human and he's ever wanting to impress people with that not understanding that he is very much just being an android servant of a lot of the time and right. yeah so what you said he's quite yeah. oh yeah it is quite <laughs> slash data slash, slash every you know android model that has to be taught oh, to be human. orange that's <laughs> an aardvark <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just like to throw in there because nobody ever references him, the Doctor from Deep Space Nine. Yeah, yeah, he's my favorite. He's my favorite. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, and they should get double polar, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, interesting with um, Jesse Williams who plays um, Marcus, who was in Cabin in the Woods, funny enough, afterwards, but. uh, he was also recently in a show that is funny enough about uh, discrimination and uh, did very well in that. So it's, um, I think when it, when that stuff works, I think it is just him doing, just knowing from yeah. that. But yeah, I think the writing does let him down a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. It probably doesn't help that when you have like the, I have a dream speech being an option at a later point. And uh, it's like, nah, come on, come on. <laughs> but uh yeah, I'll, I'll say this: you are not done with the, the heavy-handedness, and not just in his. Uh, the the car has, has a couple of sections. Of like uh, you, you're pushing, you're pushing a bit here. Because I, mean, I feel like she's going to end up in the mother trope, and I mean that's that's her plot arc. Basically, is that she wants to be a mother, and, and that's her that's her human kick, if you will. Um, but I don't know. I, I liked where that went. It got me invested enough to care about what happened to them. So there's that. There, there's a scene in that uh, that comes in hers, which is very much like something that was in Heavy Rain uh, um, in terms of the woman in peril nonsense, which is odd for an android. But she she gives she gives her own. I'll say that. So it, it's hers is an interesting story, and only that it gets bogged down in very mawkish stuff there. It's very cloying, very, oh, look at how sweet it is that this android wants to be a mother and this girl really wants her to be her mother as well. And it's just like, yeah. It's like, and, you know, obviously the early scenes with the the domestic abuse angle, as I said before, are look worse at first, I think, depending on how it all pans out, it has a bit of context to it. But, yeah, it, on a standalone thing it's like yeah it's like it maybe could have done it differently but yeah I, I see reason for its inclusion based on what I've seen yeah yeah yeah, yeah to be honest you know, it's not the greatest thing in the world it's probably the most refined quantic dream game there's been in terms of just like doing things right and not just in story-wise terms, but in terms of interaction and the like, and, and in world-building, to be honest. As you said yourself, just the, the details are there. They just don't get given enough time uh, to breathe mm-hmm. at the time, which is a shame because it, there's plenty to love in that world. And the further you go in and the more you read and things, it's just... I, I don't know if you've uh, gone back to the main menu a few times, but that, yep. that thing, that's... Uh, it it's not Kojima level, let's be honest, but uh, it's still quite uh, oh okay. And the way that carries on later on, like uh, I went back out of the game after a key moment, and yeah, did some cool little things. And it's just like I like that 
it was a nice touch and it ties back into the story later on which is nice so uh, I, I have a feeling i'm going to be the uh the steven's viewpoint on this game when i play it <laughs> <laughs> what game of the year every game best game of the world <laughs> the, the blind admiration <laughs> sweet i could be the one that hates it for no, some reason. Uh, to, to me it's it, i guess it's just one of those things where i've enjoyed every single game that they've made quantum oh, dream sure so um, right it's, i just think it you can address i mean you saw a lot of people complaining that oh why has no review address the the whole quantum dream situation it's like well because nobody wants to get sued <laughs> his main thing at the minute um but and it's an ongoing thing that you can't really talk about if you write about that stuff whilst it's still ongoing yeah, you're going to get sued, let's be honest, at this point, and there's no need for that at the moment. Um, but you can still be very critical of uh, the way Quantic Dream and David Cage has told stories before, which, you know, the medium has evolved. In that I see, that, well, that's the thing. Like, I don't see a problem with how he's told any of the stories. Oh, there's, there's holes. Uh, there's, there's, like, even, even Fahrenheit... Um, or oh, Indigo Prophecy, no. which had a whole bunch of what the fuck is going on there. Um, I still enjoyed it. <laughs> I know, but then, yes, now, it's like that game has a good opening beyond that. Oh, yeah, when, when you get into the whole Matrix shit and the fight scene in that, <laughs> that game, like, I, I totally just, get you there. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. Matrix just... stuff, I'm confused. I zoned out because you started talking about David Cage's games. I mean, well, what? there you go. So, the... <laughs> anyway, so yeah, um, Detroit. It's quite good, or not, depending on who you, you believe, or, or or just play it and find out. <laughs> so, uh, uh, that's well, that, that's really the best answer, right there. Just play it and make your own opinion. Maybe Redbox is there for a reason, man. Yeah, I mean, what? it's different enough. Yeah, go sorry, Tim. Redbox is there for a reason. Yeah. yeah or so. whatever service that Neil uses that I keep forgetting to use because I forget what it's called. That's Boomerang. Boomerang, boomerang. Rentals. <laughs> Nobody uses Gamefly anymore, huh? Uh, oh, we don't really have it. Uh, we never really yeah. had it here, so. so, yeah, so if, you, if you want to rent games in the UK, um, it's uh, boomerangrentals.co.uk. There you go. Oh, damn it, uh, I miss Blockbuster. So you we used to a... walk down the road, pick up the game <laughs> to rent, then hand it in a little bit late because it's one minute late and pay a fee. <laughs> see i complain about it now like five dollars a week for a week and now it's like damn that's a steal compared to three dollars on redbox or how much it is for a day uh, i just i spent five quid on uh, an arrow subscription just so i could watch uh, hell comes to frog town so there you go that's uh that's, that's where my value goes <laughs> so, it is worth I it. don't know, man. Three dollars for a day to try it is way better than sixty dollars. The than the twenty dollars you'll get back from GameStop. Mm. Yeah. Oh sure, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I miss the thing. How come PlayStation doesn't do the renting thing anymore? Because remember, was too PSN expensive? started that. You can rent a game for a certain amount. It was too expensive. I think PS now, happened, and they were like, "Oh, well, we want to try and make that a thing." And it never really happened so, uh, the way they wanted it. I think they should start renting games again. Yeah, I'm sure they will in time. Uh, once uh, streaming tech's back to working well in the next generation, I think there will be something they do a bit more. Because why not? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so there you go, Detroit. Um, Tim, do you play anything else? I've uh, been reviewing a game, uh, but I don't know if it's under embargo or not because it's not out for another while. And no, that, I don't that, know, was, yeah, I'm just no. going to leave it. <laughs> it. Just say it exists, it plays because it has controls and it's something. Yeah, go. the game exists and I've played it and I have thoughts. There you that's, go. Buttons were pressed in orders that were... David I hope active. David Cage doesn't come after me now. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a, that's weird. Just after Gary talking about that Astrobot game, it's just popped up on Twitter. It's, a, it's, it's odd. Um, What's popped up? What's popped up about it? Synchronicity. Recapping uh, projects has appeared on notifications for me. An awful British shopping music. <laughs> Perfect. That. I want well, Astrobot now. <laughs> Well, I want dreams now, but we can't always have what we want, Gary. Yes, we can. We can oh, go to the studio, steal their hard copy or whatever they're working on, and go to prison. Uh, we still get to play before everybody else. <laughs> that means you have to make it home and be able to play it before you get caught. <laughs> People steal E3 demos all the time, so. Yeah. And then I, I remember somebody tried, stole the Metal Gear Solid 3 demo, I think it was. From E3 and then try to sell it, and because he tried to sell it on eBay, he got busted. Wow. <laughs> Dumb. <Fucking> idiot. <laughs> Dumb. What did he? Oh, you want to sell it? Just keep it. Why did like... he try and sell it as eBay listing? Metal Gear Solid Two Plus One Secret Demo. I don't know. <laughs> but he tried to sell it on eBay, and that's how they caught it. That <laughs> Two Plus One Secret Demo. <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever be able to figure it out. <laughs> Kojima himself is baffled by such code. <laughs> the master of misdirection has no clue what's going on. <laughs> Which uh, I, I like that story this week that, where, that Mads Mikkelsen, Hannibal to himself, was confused by Hideo Kojima's <laughs> concepts. I just like love it. I love that I, he's just, just I, I love. I want he does. I don't understand. <laughs> you know, every person that's worked with him on this project so far has said that, and that bothers me in a way that, like, either he's keeping everybody's content alienated from the whole body, or the thing is literally that batshit crazy. It's going to be that batshit crazy. But the fact that, you know, these are Hollywood actors who not only say that uh, sort of stuff, but also then turn around and go, the guy's a genius. The shit he's doing is mad. It's crazy. But I love it. It's like, well, these don't, are also Hollywood they, actors. If they they only even, see Hollywood. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they haven't actually read the whole script, just the parts that they're supposed to read yeah. at that moment. So I'm sure like, he keeps it isolated. <laughs> we, we still want these guys to buy our game, after all. <laughs> I'll be honest. When I found that news, I still pictured him being rolled in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> With the Hannibal mask and all. Then they take it off and like, I don't fucking understand. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, take it back, it's, it's less crazy. <laughs> it's if Guillermo del Toro, man who makes Oscar-winning woman fucks a fish film, turns around and says, this game's too crazy for me, then we know we've got problems. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, that movie was spectacular. Oh, it's such a good movie. <laughs> you know, you know it was the, I think my favorite touch, and I'm just not going to spend a lot of time on it, but my favorite touch on that movie was the, uh, the uh, officer guy washing his hands before taking a leak. And justifying it? Oh, yeah, Michael Shannon. Fuck, I've never heard of that before. I've never seen anybody do that. 
I fucking <laughs> love him so much. That's insane. I just mm. I so yeah. I, on that note, though, I do hope that he's in it. I do what? hope that he's <laughs> Michael. I, no, Guillermo del Toro. I hope that he's. Right. I really I hope he is. Yeah, um, and I know he hasn't talked about it much, but I really have a feeling he's involved. Well, uh, this week we you know more that uh, Jordan Roberts, who did uh, Kong Skull Island, is hanging out with Kojima a lot because he's supposed to be doing the Metal Gear movie. Um, yes. So, I mean, Christ, the fact that he's spending so much time with him, that he says it, is, makes me hopeful. I just think it's great that he's hanging out with him instead of the people who own it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. It. They're good buddies. and Well, yeah, and obviously Kojima like, loves fucking Godzilla and King Kong and stuff. So he's like, yeah, I, I definitely want to hang around with the guy who did a King Kong film. So it's it, ah, just... Still, despite everything, Christ, does Hideo Kojima have some famous friends? It's like, <laughs> It's right, he's he's definitely hit his stride now. This is I, where he's wanted to be. He's I know for decades he was talking about wanting to get into movies, and now he's finally. I don't know got, why he hasn't made like a monster video game like King Kong and Godzilla. He's I such a massive fan. Like I totally play a fucking game that he made that has giant monsters in it. Well, I don't I'm know sure. if he can make it as complicated as he wants it to be. Like he he doesn't ever really. Eventually. I mean, he's made Bok die, but. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that was just like a five-minute project. But, you know, if he really wants to put his heart into something, I feel like it's not going to be a monster movie. Hmm. Yeah. He'll have monster-esque stuff in there. Or he can just do something fun and not mind-bending for once. Oh, dude. No, don't. <laughs> Come on. That's like don't do no, that. I'm sorry. I think a game where you play as a giant monster or soldiers or something trying to stop a giant monster, he can do a lot with it. I'm sorry. I That's think he fine. can do a lot with it. But yeah, I like taking Yoko Taro to go and make a management game. It's just, it, you're wasting your time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, actually a really good example of this, and I'm going to compare it to Genius, is um, Beethoven's Eine Kleine Nacht music. He made that for somebody else. He hated that piece of work. He made it because somebody wanted him to. It's a humongous, popular thing, like one of the few things that people know from from Beethoven. But he mm. despised the shit out of it, and it's some of his least complicated work. But <laughs> uh, he he does not want to be doing that. I promise you, Kojima does not want to be doing simple, fluffy stuff. No. Uh, all all I can say right now about Death Stranding is, in my opinion. This is his first real game since Metal Gear Solid. Yep. Like, it, there's bulk tie and stuff, but he Hashtag. didn't really Hashtag. do that one. <laughs> that was a Metal whole Gear different team who was just a part of it. Same with Zone of the Enders. Like he was a part of it, but it wasn't his game. Um, to me, I, I think this ha- he has to prove a lot with this game, and I know oh, yeah. everybody has faith in him because of Metal Gear Solid. But after five, I've lost a lot of faith. <laughs> I, if anything, it, it emboldened my faith. <laughs> to me, I, it, it's it's one of those things where I'm hoping he can prove that Metal Gear really isn't the only thing he can do. Right. But I would say that it's not, because if 5 is of any importance to the industry, it's on showing what true snarky espionage is against a corporate monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... The, I mean, the the only reason I say this is we've seen so many developers who've left their franchise 
essentially disappear. Like, Kenji and Ifune, Mega Man. You try to go and make a Mega Man that wasn't Mega Man, and we saw how that turned out. You know, it turned out pretty six out of ten, to be fair. <laughs> even even Shinji Mikami, you know, with Resident Evil, he left and he did, in my opinion, a fun game in Shadows of the Damned. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. But it, it was literally <laughs> one of the worst selling video games of all time. And That's the thing, though. Like, he, he, fuck, man, that game was special. I don't give a shit what people say. <laughs> That, that game was special. Was but I'm just bait. talking about their success after leaving their franchises, you know? Like, even, but, like, he went and tried to go back to survival horror with The Evil Within, and again, not what everybody was expecting it to be. Like, like Cliffy B. Look, he made Gears of War. That Don't mention Cliffy B on this podcast yeah. ever again. Come on. <laughs> We're talking about intelligent people making good things. Not I'm just now. saying. I'm not saying I. He's not. He's. This game is going to be shit. I, to me, it just has a lot to prove. He's already had it. Crazy. He, he's already had Metal Gear Solid Two happen, and that was his and, mad moment. And look at that. that. That's just spellbindingly mad thing. Mm. Oh no! This will and make one big Metal difference. Gear Solid Two look safe. I'm telling you now, this will be like Metal Gear Solid 2 will look like it was written by, I don't know, it'll be so sad. This will be crazy as hell. Like We we don't even know what the fuck the game even is, even if it's a game or a fucking interactive movie like Beyond Two Souls or what David Cage has been doing. We have no idea what the hell this is. From the sound of it, it sounds very much like something that's very cooperative, but not. It's just it just so sounds very very a very Kojima take where everyone's participating in a greater good. Kind of like you know, like the nuclear disarmament thing of Metal Gear Solid Five, where he, the idea was make everybody work together to try and not you know to stand down from the nukes. Basically, that was the the thing, and the idea of that. Kojima was to say, "Look how hard it is to get everyone to agree to do something like this." And it's like, and he's right because no one fucking, you know, it still hasn't been done properly. That's why. Done on PC. That's only because. Um, yeah, they. they Konami yeah, pretty much exactly. shut down the servers and forced everyone to yeah. do it. Exactly. So yeah, it, it shows that, uh, and that you could essentially see being seen as uh, the nukes going off and killing everyone. So. As it goes, but uh, yeah, so I think it's like an extension of that, where it's going to have a very social side to it, where people can discuss it, uh, something about the game, ah, it, and the whole uh, inky footprints thing, maybe like people in different versions of the same world, and uh, it. Mm. There's, there's so many cool theories out there about it, but we'll see more soon next month. So hopefully, we'll get more more of an idea of what it is. Oh my god. What if it does announce it that it's going to be out this year? What if? I, I don't think I could handle. Uh, I think <laughs> I think it will be. I think it oh. will. I'd be oh, shocked God. if it comes out this year because Sony has too many games coming out this year and Sony doesn't really release games past a certain date. Sony only has Spider-Man left this year. I mean... Possibly what, Dreams. They yeah, they'll have Dreams. Uh, there, there are Dreams and Astro Bot. God. A Kingdom Hearts is uh, multi format. <laughs> Is that multi-format Yeah, now? Kingdom Hearts mm-hmm. multi-format. on Xbox One. And uh, yes. PC, I think, as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it makes sense. 
you forget in Yakuza Kiwami 2 and Yakuza 3, so you know, that's a... <laughs> but that. But um, Sunny doesn't really release after September, so. Depends. They may really, they'll release one thing late in the year just to say, there you go. Yeah. It's like, we don't mind when this goes out because we're hoping that I don't that think that'd just... be a game like Death Stranding, though. I think the money they've invested, I don't think they'll just like say, yeah, it's here. I think there's going to be more. out now. I think there's just too much. Even if you take out Red Dead, I think there's other things coming this year that uh, aren't announced yet. I'm calling February 2019 for it. I I don't mind. I I will carry on waiting if it means we get the full batshit lunacy of it. That's it. And I want the collector's edition to be something really just mental. Like it comes with the foot thing, the baby in the jar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You imagine walking out of game with that <laughs> on the midnight. It's like, what the fuck is there? It's a baby in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you left but it's signed by Kojima. Yeah, it's fine. It should be a, no, but it should be it should be the baby in a jar. And the baby's holding the copy of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my word! I and it cries and poops as well. <laughs> I want that to be the thing, one of those man. fake dolls that cries and pees and poops. Need. I'm sure you guys have seen uh, that. So somewhere in <laughs> all that, we, we were talking about what we've been playing, and I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Tangents are back in a big way. Um, so I suppose, Tim, did you talk about everything? Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the things that I feel like I could, but yeah. Sure, sure, that was it. Then there was somehow that got us to Death Stranding. And, and then Collector Edition's about babies in jars. It's a smooth <laughs> transition. Ah, <laughs> uh, I tell you what, the the Dead Island Torso Collector's Edition would be beaten, finally, I think, for most tasteless <laughs> Collector's Edition. Ah, uh, but I, I would still want it, all the same. Um, suppose that leaves me i've already talked about detroit can't talk about some of the things I played because they're on nintendo and i have to keep that rule otherwise gary will be let off the leash and no no please it. talk on nintendo <laughs> all you want man um okay i reviewed uh the sega mega drive classics this week which is i've played all those games many 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 times before um like i said i think it's about the sixth fifth sixth copy of sonic the hedgehog I own now so that's great never and, Never enough. Never uh, that's another year where I finished that game, um, which is going on every year since what it came out nineteen ninety two, I think. So, yeah, a little I while. should go check because I still have it on Mega Drive. <laughs> I, I in fact my Sonic my copy of Sonic three D still has its price on it. Nice. It was oh. sixty five pounds. Oh man, I remember that one like. Uh, that was the only present I was allowed for one birthday was a copy of Streets of Rage too, just because it was so bloody expensive. <laughs> yeah, I only but, got, you only got one present. <laughs> and now Streets of Rage Two is the only present you need, baby. And now I've got many, many copies that have cost less than that in total. You know, it's like, yeah, I remember it's, back in the day where you get you can have one game and it'd have to last you forever. It, oh my god, yeah, but yeah, because. Going back, playing these games again, yes, I played them last year as well, which I think the arcade stick was the reason for doing it last year. There's always a reason to play these games. Unfortunately, it meant I had to play Altered Beast again, and I, I, I regret oh. that. I, again, 
I keep saying, why do they keep putting it in the collection? Because it's shit, and it should never be remembered for anything other than that. Oh, and yet, I always end up playing Altered Beast every single because time. Because you hope that maybe you're playing it wrong, and it might be good one day. And it was never the case. It was never it's good. Just like super, super Thunderblade in that, and Flicky. Those games are, are oh, dog Flicky shit. Flicky was so bad. Yeah, it's like I, I, the worst game ever. Fucking hate. Do you know what they should bring back? Barco's Magic Football. Now that was a good game. <laughs> Man, oh Christ! Yeah. <laughs> or or the that. spot, the Seven Up spot game. Cool spot. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the mission no Echo the Dolphin in this one, which was annoying. damn it. Yeah, I like Echo the Dolphin, well, especially the opening minutes and the, the closing minutes are, are just like the most serene and most terrifying things in video games. I'll tell you well. now, the open minutes are the only part of the game I've seen because I can never beat it. <laughs> um, also, <laughs> once again, no Sonic 3 because uh, I'm still guessing the soundtrack problem exists. Um, Damn you. I mean, of all the Sonic games, for some reason, every time I want to play Sonic 3, I just never have a copy of it anymore because it gets lost in time somewhere. The most I've played of Sonic 3 is the bits that are in Sonic Mania now. So that's it. It's very weird going back to old Sonic games after Sonic Mania, though, because Mania is so much more fluid in how it does it. And it just felt, I mean, and plus there's slight latency issues with, with uh, the classics collection anyway. Um, yeah, so it's... There's a new Sonic Mania thing coming out soon, isn't there? Oh, the Plus stuff, yeah. yeah. That's in July. Which, yeah, that'll be good, I, I think. Nice to have. Um, what else can I actually talk about? Let's see. Um, I could talk about Deadland, which I bought out of my own money for £2.49, which should tell you all the quality you need to know there is on the PS Store. <laughs> <laughs> It's the it, Steam store, but from something. <laughs> well, you know what? I saw the game. I saw the, the menu of it. And I go, I bet if I search for this game on my phone, I will find it for free. And lo and behold, I did find it on my phone for free. Which just or straight away is like, well, you're going to have a low score for that alone. Because, you know. Well, it's like, Deadland. I'm, gonna look it, I'm looking up now. Not Dadland. Deadland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Dadland would have been a more inventive title. <laughs> where you're trying to... It's an endless runner, basically, in, in like, 3D, uh, that where you basically go left or right to avoid zombies in the middle of the night. If you have a weapon, you can hit them with it. That's about it. My God, it, this looks so bad. It's terrible. But, you know, you know me, I like to cleanse the palette, and uh, that's a great palette cleanser. But, but I say cleanse the palette. How are the trophies? Does it have a platinum? It doesn't have a platinum. And oh, the trophies, I wouldn't even... I don't care how much of an enthusiast you are. It's just not worth it. You'd, you'd be asleep before you even got to three of them, I think. It's, it's I don't just... think you realise the power of the platinum trophy. Yeah, if you well, said it a... had a platinum, I know a friend that would have bought it. Yeah. The, if it had I'm a platinum, not talking about then... him. I'm talking about another friend. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wouldn't... This is not... Good. It's not the worst thing ever because it's very functional and yeah, it's an endless runner. But it's just nothing to it. It's just dull. Even the name, Dead Land. It's just like just picking the two dust words you could to say like Snake Land. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so you know, it's a zombie game. Right? 
We'll do a movie podcast one day, Gary. I promise. Can I be honest? I'm just saying. Movies. Stay glad, man. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, so many movies, so many movies, so little time. Um, vampire movie. Yeah, so Deadland. I was a fool for parting with my money. You needn't be. Let's be honest. But I like doing that. That's my weirdness. That's gonna be the thing now. Like whenever a new game comes out, that's like an indie game. You quickly look it up on the app store. And if it's there, you know you shouldn't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's JP's fault. He's an enabler. Now he, he sees shit games that are cheap and goes, look, you can buy this one. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I there are games I've really loved that I've never clicked uh, on the PlayStation Store and, and bought that quickly. <laughs> just, like, just like, yeah, I'm having some of this. I'll try this out. You preyed on your zombie world, man. I... Uh, this is this is definitely the other end of that. Uh, I'll say that. <laughs> oh god! Uh, other than that, I played some uh, H1Z1 because that's out now in beta form. But uh, which no, is are, zo- are zombies it. completely gone from there? It, it's two separate games. So like on oh, PC so now. That's they have why... both now. No, just uh, the, battle Roy- the battle royale is just out, isn't it? Yeah. So if you want to know the history here, is that. Uh, Back many years ago, after they became Daybreak. Um, oh, I know, I know the history of the game. Yeah, so it, it was <laughs> it was the uh, Daisy esque clone, but then uh, when a certain player unknown came along and helped them out their game, he he made the King of the Kill Kill Battle Royale mode in yes. the game, and that ended up becoming its own game. And then, of course, he fucked off to go and make some thing called PUBG, and. Yeah, they were left holding the baby, so to speak. And yeah, you can see very much why the, the, that game in this, uh, in terms of, but they've streamlined it a lot for consoles. So there's none of the inventory management bollocks that's on there. It's just like you could just like click on that, click on that, click on that. Yeah, you got it. It's like, and it's very fast compared to Fortnite and things like that, where, you know, it's like the, the, the circle gets. Yeah, yeah I love Fortnite, but ninety percent of my gameplay is me just running in a straight line. Yeah, this definitely forces you more into a confrontation, and plus it has vehicles, so you know you can just bomb it around and do that for a while. But uh, yeah, I, I, I've killed more in, in about an hour of H1Z1 than I have in my entire time with Fortnite Battle Royale, and I play a lot of that because in that game you, you can just sit back and hide and be sneaky and. There's less time for this at the minute in this one, but uh, which is fine. I like the change, the change of. Oh things. my god! You can customize this outfit. I've, lo- I've loaded it up because I've yeah. not actually loaded it up. <laughs> yeah, and it's free, so I mean it has that going for it. And it, I think it's um, had like four point five million downloads since yeah. it came out. Just so something. So, you know. is the zombie one still being made? Um, it's on. PC, but they they're focusing on this now, which basically means now nah, we're not bringing that because no one yeah. gives a shit. Uh, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah, pretty much dead. Yes, because I, I got to um, interview them a couple of months back, and yeah, I did ask that question. But they also have a, a mode coming that's on PC now in beta form, which is Auto Royale, which is basically like it's twisted metal, basically, but battle royale. <laughs> it within that game, it's just like you know, cars. You, yeah, you're in your cars. You go. Around, everything's garbage. You're not allowed out of your car, and it's basically last car standing. So you're in teams. So, jeez, oh, it's it's good fun, and it's an actual different take on battle royale that involving vehicles. That's definitely better than anything Clifford Belinsky could ever come out with. 
Oh, we'll see how Call of Duty does with its Battle Royal. Oh, I don't. You have three, two free ones out there, and then you have the two paid ones now, essentially. Mm. Well, no, three, because isn't Battlefield getting here as well? It's just that Battlefield no. won't be launching with it. Is that no? At the minute, they're not having it, so... Oh. Uh, yeah. Yes, I had to write up uh, news on the COD stuff last week, and I... I, I didn't get very far before I was very sarcastic and mean about it. Well, I've but, pre-ordered uh, Call of Duty for it, so. Well, Ben, in both in, in our own ways, we're both parts of the problem with the industry. I suppose <laughs> I, I buy the, I buy the shite mobile bollocks, and you buy the the, the problematic AAA stuff. So yeah, it's I'm, good. I'm supporting my indie companies. Well, Activision. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. They're really struggling for your money, man. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> god knows if they can make it for another season of Overwatch. How much you want to uh, bet within two years Overwatch is going to have a Battle Royal mode? Yeah, probably. I, I'm still dubious. How, 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 I don't know. Call of Duty, I don't see how they're managing it. They've struggled to make games with 12 people in. Uh, so, how they're going to get anywhere close to a hundred? I mean, that's going to be the thing when you get copycats is ones that don't get the point, which is like it's having a lot of people in one map and getting it down from that hundred number. Not let's have six people and call that a battle royale because it's not a battle royale. Then is it? It's just you know, even in wrestling, that wouldn't be a battle royale. Not really, it, it would just be a, a six-man elimination match. Anyway. Wrestling aside, we've done all it's that. It's not an ambulance um, match. It's not an ambulance match. That is very true. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> right, uh, we are clocking in quite late with this one, and there's still another podcast to go, would you believe, um, which you've probably heard before this one. Uh, so we'll go back to Predictions League from last week where we had Detroit Become Human and Dark Souls Remastered uh, going by the overall Metacritic score. Uh, we had, let's see, Detroit Become Human ended up on 79 after pretty much wavering on 80 most of the week, uh, which had meant that Tim was going to win until then and carry on his winning streak. Um Unfortunately, he was just out on 81. Uh, ben, you were well out on 89. Alfonso was out on 84. Chris was out on 88. I won on 78. So, then we had Dark Souls Remastered, and unfortunately for us, Tim regained his little winning streak and was a point out of the 87 with his score of 86. I said 83, Ben said 82, Alfonso said 80, and Chris is probably going to goddammit someone right now because he picked 85. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, another two games, because you know, we're playing catch-up on the whole points one. Oh, oh, I suppose I should tell you what the points were first. Um, so uh, myself, Harry and Alfonso all sit on two points, and Ben and Tim are tied for the lead now on five points. Mm, coming for you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so first we have the delightful cheery bright sunshine rainbow game that is agony agony <gasps> and tim i will come to you in a second uh but we'll start with gary 79 79 you son of a bitch <laughs> Eat my butt 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Give me my score back. <laughs> That's the trade. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> okay. Um, Tim. I was going to say 79, but Bud Eater took it. You can go 69. That's good, All right. too. That's just too default for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 78. 78. I will go with 75. Ben. Well, that was the number I was going to go with, so I'm going to go with... (laughs) So he's but. (laughs) I'm going to go with 72. 72. (laughs) Eat my butt. (laughs) Now you're kidding. I'll save that for the missus. I, I <laughs> yeah, I guess now I'm confused. Ben's got a missus and he's been hiding her from us. <laughs> um, next game. <laughs> <laughs> Street Fighter 30th anniversary. Blah blah blah. Whatever it is. Um, I will start here and say it will get a respectable 81. Um. Timothy. Oh God. Um, and it's going to be the thirtieth edition or the thirtieth anniversary. That's the thirtieth edition. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I the fiftieth edition. If we're honest, it's, it's going to be a combination of all the old games, right? It's not just like Street yeah. Fighter Five. Even the original Street Fighter. Wait, okay. has the original Street Fighter? Oh my yeah. God, that's not even a video game. <laughs> Okay, I think I'm liking. Uh... Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! I'm trying to trying to juggle the Mickey voice as well as assume what the status quo within the gaming industry is going to put on this. And I can't really get a feel for it because I don't know these games that well. I'm going to just throw out. Um, 78. 78. Uh, Benjo. 85. 85. I was going to go ben. stupid and say like 100 and say this will finally rival Tony Hawk's Pro Skate 2 as the best game <laughs> of all time. <laughs> but I thought, no, I should enter this seriously. Someone's got to knock that lanky smug prick off his perch. <laughs> Nobody will because it is the greatest game of all time and has no flaws. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I distinctly remember not being able to do combos when I was supposed to. All I know is is that Superman song was the best and everything else didn't well, that was the game. first game, so, you know. Wait, that was the first game and the fuck the second game because that's the best one. <laughs> yeah, I think what you're talking about is Power Man, not Superman. I don't no, care. Golden is Superman song. The Scarpunk yeah. hit that made me listen to Goldfinger for too long until I realised that they were a bit loony. Um, despite being having some very great core values, I have to add. Um, Gary? Yes. Um, this is really hard for me because Street Fighter Alpha 3 alone is like a 90 to me. Sure. <laughs> so it's... These collections really, really always piss me off because you see games in those collections that have scored so high 
but yet when they're bundled with other games, all of a sudden they're not as good for some reason. Um, uh, what were the numbers that you guys said already? Uh, oh, well, we can't tell you that. That'll be fair. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, no, this guy well, picked 85, and I think Tim picked some number. And Neil, I don't think he's picked uh, yet. I did. I picked 81. Okay. As a, as a point, you can pick the same number as someone. It is fine. Uh, I'm going to go with 83. 83. We are such say Sally's. I don't point scoring. Well, it has Street Fighter 4 in it, right? No. Only if you pre order it. Yeah, only so if you pre order it. So, what they're it's... saying is don't pre order it. <laughs> <laughs> then they could talk about moving move, moving units that way if people pre order it. Yeah, but it's got Street Fighter 4, so. That's what I mean. They they can say they moved. It it's got Alpha 3, man. Yeah, that it's... game alone is worth every Street Fighter penny you can have. You think after all these years that game can <laughs> Street Fighter Penny, can I trade those in for Bison dollars? Or <laughs> <laughs> some Zangief loving. <laughs> I only have ass pennies. <laughs> well, that's he can story. flip you around in whatever position you want, baby. <sighs> what? Right, so um, we've ended the podcast, so we'll do the usual shouty shout-do's. Uh, Tim, shout Shout, let it all out. These are the things that you care about. Come on. Just tell us what you want to tell us, please. Come on. I was really hoping you were going to keep going. Oh, you just stopped. I have, though, because we're nearly at two hours and ten minutes. <laughs> Hashtag this is what happens when I talk about one game for too long. This is what happens when we're allowed to segue. Yeah. Wait, we're allowed we... segues? When will this happen? <laughs> uh, we, we don't have the budget segues. Just uh... the the verbal ones. I, I think it shows that when we have a clear focus a la doing a tournament, it seems to go a lot shorter. It's going to be bad next week because the three predictions week next week. Yes! Yes! Um, yeah, yeah, we, um, we is ready. Not that there be anything left to predict, so, you know, because everything's being bloody announced early, so... All right, let's let Tim finish his seventh so we can end this podcast and do another one. Oh, I wanted to go at least to two hours and fifteen minutes. <laughs> I'd like I'd like to thank Neil for overextending our stay. I would like to <laughs> thank Gary for telling me about a bunch of games I now don't have the money for. I would like to thank Ben for giving me the envy of the world for not being able to see I Wanna Be Your Canary Live. I very, by the way, you can still watch it on their website or on Twitch. I know, but there's always something special about seeing something like that live, especially in a digital form. Oh, it was, like, a, you it was know, amazing. There are like a billion people yeah. behind the scenes. God yeah. damn it. Well, hopefully next um, time. Hopefully the next gen- time. The general listeners, thank you for sharing in my anguishes. And mm-hmm. Fonzie, miss you. Love you. Where you been? Yeah. We already oh, told you, he's at his bakery shop. Also, please don't make chop- don't please don't make ketchup donuts. Please don't. I mean, you know we can get him on right now because he's he's like ready. So. Yeah. So, is so Klaus, both of them are like, is it anime now? <laughs> What's, are we having the podcast? No, yes, we are. Just the other one. Please no ketchup donuts. <laughs> anyway, yes, um, that's that. Sorry, I just realised Fonzie said like nearly an hour ago. I'm home and ready. Um, 
Right. So, <laughs> oh my God. That's what he said. Hey, uh, Gary. I knew it. He did his ketchup pastry and they kicked him out earlier. Like, fuck out of That's Callum because he is here to say no. <laughs> or they fired him so they could take the the idea without having to worry about yeah, yeah, the love. This is something yeah. that the world does, yes. Yeah, um, no, uh, shout out to you guys, um, as always, listeners. Um, Fonzie, who I'm going to talk to here in a little bit. Please don't hate me again. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and Chris, who I, I miss dearly. I hope you had some tatas in your face in Vegas. I don't know, man. The way he talked about how many old people were there, I don't know. Yeah, well, what are you talking about, dude? This like, I really Chris. hope he yelled. I really as hope long he yelled as somebody has tatas, he's good to go. <laughs> so, he, so he's the Ron White of the group. Is that what you're saying? Don't let him on a farmyard, is what we're saying. <laughs> Oh, and that wasn't in Vegas. That was in Mesquite. <laughs> I really hope he yelled bingo because he probably would have died. Oh, my God, that's an edge. Oh, I got a story for that for another time. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, who else hasn't talked? Ben. Okay. I'd like to shout out to Klaus at Finkstown Radio with Luna, Sarah, and me, of course. A shout out to Moogle Girl Rubber, shout out to Ashtage Reborn, shout out to Evolve Mail, get girlfriend's favorite stream at twitch.tv slash Evolve Mail, a shout out to Master Radio at twitch.tv slash Master Radio, shout out to all of us on here. Thank you, as always. It was a good show. Yeah, you're all wonderful people. No, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, we'll see you next week. Teddy, bye. <laughs>